This is a Dauntless Media Collective podcast. Visit dauntless.fm for more content. I regret to inform you, you're on Chapel Probation, a podcast that takes a critical look at evangelical colleges and universities. Except today, where we talk about InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. I'm your host, Scott Okamoto. Greetings, reprobates. So let's say you didn't go to an evangelical college or university. You didn't have to go to chapel. You didn't have to take that weird one unit indoctrination class or any required Bible classes. You didn't have to deal with the same degree of cultural racism or anti-LGBTQIA hatred or misogyny. And let's say you got a top-notch education with science profs who actually believed in science, English profs who didn't try to censor the texts, and math profs who tried to lead Bible studies in order to fulfill some faith integration requirement. Great, you dodged a bullet. Or did you? Because if you were a Christian going to a normal school, you likely sought out one of the many Christian organizations. Now, this actually made your faith more public and more exposed to the real world than it would have been at a Christian bubble of a school. If you proclaimed your love for Jesus or your adherence to the Bible, you did so in a completely secular context. You didn't have to sign up for a mission trip. You were on one. God damn it. Now, I attended UC San Diego from uh, a while ago. Like most of my guests, I was an on-fire Christian. There wasn't the evangelical label yet. And I had no intention of going to a Christian school. I wanted to experience a great education, and I wanted to be a witness in the quote-unquote real world. Christian schools seemed like a cop-out to me, unless you were like going into ministry or missions work. So naturally, I sought out the biggest Christian group on campus, InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. There were several Asian American Christian groups, but my mind was solidly colonized by white Christian nationalism. So it kind of like how the Christian school option wasn't good enough for me, I wanted to be in the big leagues. I wanted to be with the white folks. To be sure, IVCF was a moderately diverse place with lots of Asians, but it sincerely lacked, in the same way all UCs lack, Hispanic and black students. But I was all in with IVCF, and my grades definitely suffered because of my commitment to it. I led worship. I led Bible studies. I became the head of all Bible studies at my college, Ravel as UCSD is divided up into several smaller colleges to provide a small school experience. I didn't experience the overt racism of evangelical schools. Women were allowed to lead. Evangelicals had not yet blossomed into the overtly hateful Trump-supporting assholes that they are today. But we all experienced the devastating effects of purity culture. So as we head into the homestretch of this second season, I wanted to have some old friends from InterVarsity days come on and reflect on their experiences, 
in relation to the experiences of all the other guests on chapel probation. And it only took about 20 minutes for four 50-year-olds to figure out our cameras and microphones, but we, we figured it out. We got it, sort of. But I'm so glad my old pals Tim Ford, Janelle Kosinen-Fine, and Kevin McCluskey joined me in this conversation. So happy to be here um, again. Uh, so Tim Ford, that's my name. Um, I moved at UC San Diego from 1990 through 95 with a five-year plan. Me too. Um, I spent a year away uh, um, briefly when I went to what, an exchange program, a domestic exchange program to uh, Morehouse College. Yeah. And uh, I came back and um, readjusted to life at UCSD and I graduated in 95. I joined university, I believe it was 91. Okay. And I stayed for about three and a half years or so before transitioning into a different um, group on campus. Oh, you left university? I did. Oh, <laughs> oh, <my> <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I went to another uh, group that was on campus. <laughs> which one? Which one? Uh, Campus Crusade for Christ, which I think oh. they are now called Crew, I believe, or something like yeah, that. But, so were they new? Because they didn't exist when I was there. They did they not, were, no. They were new. They were oh. new. They were invading our why. territory. There, there, was, there was a Campus Crusade group at UCSD before we were there. Oh. Because I, I, I heard did, about that yeah. because my sixth grade teacher's son was the, he led it. Whoa. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. UCSD was intervarsity territory. If yeah, <laughs> I don't think it. I don't think it lasted very long. Yeah, um, SDSU had a campus crusade for Christ. Yes, it was very small. Yeah, yeah it was very small. Yeah, so <laughs> fuck campus crusade. We're we're <laughs> Uh Cool, and we'll come back to you, Sam. Uh, how about you, Kevin? Um, hi, Scott. Thanks for having us all, Kevin McCluskey. Um, my pronouns are he and him. And I was at UC San Diego from 1998 until to 1992, so four years. And then I joined the staff of InterVarsity yes. in 1990, uh, right, pretty much right out of college, 93, and had five years on staff and then officially left the cult, I mean InterVarsity, in uh, 1998. Awesome. And finally. All right. Uh, I'm Janelle Fine, and uh, I think my time at UCSD and also in InterVarsity sort of paralleled right along with Scott. Uh, started in 1988, and uh, I actually didn't graduate until 93 because I had a couple of classes left over. But uh, I think um, I think Scott's Scott's experience I think will is a lot like mine. Uh, going starting being a small group leader, being an area chair. And then joining him on the worship team. So, yeah, I did yeah, it all for special bonds. <laughs> Kev, you, you were an area chair too, weren't you? I, you know what? I forgot about that term until Janelle just said it. <laughs> area, well, InterVarsity was like the king of structure yeah. and levels. And it was kind of like a pyramid scheme now that I think about it. <laughs> wow. Well, it was complicated by there being, at the time, five distinct colleges at UC San Diego. 
Yeah. And so Right. It kinda needed structure, I think, in some ways at UCSD yeah, anyway. It was confusing. And so I represented Ravel. Janelle, you were Warren? I was Warren. Warren. I was Mior. <laughs> And Tim, you were Warren too? Shout out to Warren, yep. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So I it was it's this is great to see you all and and see and see well two of your faces and hear Janelle's voice. And <laughs> after all this time and as intense an experience as InterVarsity was, um, now one of the arguments that I've made on on the podcast is that being an InterVarsity Christian Fellowship at a big, you know, secular university or, or normal university, um, kept me in the faith probably longer than if I had gone to a an evangelical school. Um, do 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 you all have thoughts on that? Well, I, I, if you don't mind, I'll jump in because yeah. I have a story very similar, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very close to that. So I was a baby Christian when I was going to UC San Diego. I had only got born again, I think, the summer before my senior year. Oh, wow. And so my youth pastor at my Baptist church in my hometown, when I told him I was going to UC San Diego, he almost cried because he's like, you're not going to a Christian college he said, do you know what's going to happen to you? You are going to lose your faith at a secular university. And he scared me to death. And he said, when you go to school, you better find a Christian fellowship immediately. Like that has to be the first thing that you do or else in a year from now, I tell you, you will not have your faith. And so I seriously, I, like had the, I was scared to death. And luckily I went to UC San Diego with someone from my high school who was also part of our youth group. And so we were just like on this mission to find a fellowship. And um, so when we found out of varsity, we're like, oh, thank God we found our people. Yeah. Was it, a case, was it like the big bad university with its secular professors that are going to try and like, yeah, I don't know, yeah. indoctrinate you with Satan or something? Or, um... Yeah, I think it was this belief that God did not, was like absent at a secular yeah. college. Uh, chapel was not required. Um, we were going to be taught anti-Christian theology in our classes. Yeah. And I remember my first quarter, I was in a film class and they showed a gay male sex scene. I was like, oh my God, my pastor was right. Um, so, yeah. Get me behind <laughs> Satan. Uh, oh, I got a shout out. We oh, have... And I was very turned on by that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, we, 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 have, uh, we have our backstage folks joining us. Uh, my wife, Jerry, is watching. Jerry. And we'll say first name, our friend Mark. Hey. Joining. So shout out, Mark, shout out to the backstage folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, how about you, uh, Tim? You know, it's funny. Um, so I grew up in the Baptist church as well. <laughs> but going away to college, um, I, didn't, I had a different experience. Uh, I wasn't, you know, encouraged to necessarily reach out to a specific group when I got to campus. I just happened to know that when I got there, I was walking around and I saw some signs up that said, University Christian Fellowship, Thursday night, come visit. And I thought, oh, that kind of sounds kind of cool, IBCF. And so, you know, and I said, it was a Christian group. I said, you know what, why not? Let me just go check it out. Um, and I actually went by myself. Um, and, you know, I think when I went, um, it was a great way for me to also, you know, what's the saying? Um, 
not just not so much recommit my life, but basically to kind of strengthen my faith as well too, because I thought that was something I was able to do via group on campus and not necessarily um, solely on a Sunday morning in church. And so yeah. I thought this is kind of cool. Um, so gave it a shot and went to the first group. And then since then, I was invited to uh, join a small group and kind of went from there. Actually, nice. We kind of had that um, effect on me initially. Right off the bat. Yeah. How about you, Janelle? Uh, well, I came from uh, the Lutheran Church, which is, I don't, I'm not exactly sure. I don't know uh, a lot about the Baptist Church, of which is more conservative. But I think it. I, I wasn't in a super conservative uh, church uh, growing up. And uh, I came to university because a friend of mine uh, from church who was older than I was had done it at her college and so she told me to look for them and so you know the the week the move-in week where uh, all the clubs were out I looked for them as she suggested and that's how I kind of got roped in but um yeah I think it's sort of hard to say uh I I, I think that uh it's probably true that I stayed you know sort of um wanting to to you know keep my faith strong longer than i would have uh otherwise but um it's it's a little hard to say because i did i did you know sort of stick with it a little bit after college for a couple of years so um i, I think it started there for sure yeah and interestingly i don't know if you guys have met other people who went to other university campuses the the experiences were pretty diverse um like at USC's university, it was really like a cult. Like you couldn't even like date someone without coming before the entire chapter and and like stating your intent to date this person and, wow. and asking for wow. you know, yeah <laughs> yeah no it was intense. Um, wow. So we had a, yeah. as far as university goes, we we all I think probably had a pretty decent experience comparatively. Um, and so, so we'll we'll talk about some of the, the bad things which which could go on for like hours, I think. But um, I don't know. Did, what were some of the good things that you think back on when it comes to university? Well, right off the bat, one of the good things I'm going to say is that I got to meet all three of you. <laughs> and we are still in my life. You know, I'm glad we're still connected after all this time. You know, it really was. I find out and count that as be a major blessing that I'm still connected with you all. So that was definitely... A positive that came out right immediately uh for me hmm. um it was a great you know being an only child for me i think going away from college you know i found it was a great it was a it was a community for me um and so i found uh solace in that you know having a group that i could you know identify with on a weekly basis um it was something that i looked forward to uh when it came to thursday night um group um and even when I was invited to um, the small group, I believe my very first small group, Janelle, you were in my small group, if I remember. Oh, hey. I forgot who I, our leader was, but... Was uh, Janelle, Janelle the leader? Was the first. And she wasn't the leader, but uh, <laughs> but she was in my group. Yeah, I was and... a leader, uh, what, I guess my second year. Okay, you were like area, you were probably area chair yeah. by then. Third year, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but I, yeah, I totally remember, you know, just, you know, 
it, it became a point where I was looking forward to just, you know, going to fellowship because, um, you know, it was something I, it was a great balance for me. You know, I was involved in other organizations on campus as well. I was part of the African-American Student Union. Nice. And um, that was something that I always looked forward to going to as well. But IV was pretty much um, the major component of Long, it's, it's activities, so yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah definitely community definitely it was definitely community. community for me yeah definitely you know <clears throat> and from there it kind of stemmed to being invited to different churches uh churches that i've not wasn't familiar with until going in university <laughs> so um that was my path i think what it brought to me I, I think for me, you know, I really credit InterVarsity with introducing me to concepts of like social justice. Yeah. I mean, I think that I mm-hmm. did not, it wasn't part of my faith experience until I got to IV. And I feel like there was, at least during our years, there was a really big focus on God's love for the poor, being involved in, in community development, especially in the inner city and urban core. Um, we had a lot of talk about racial reconciliation. Yeah. So I think, I, you know, those those concepts in university were not perfect, right. um, but yet I appreciated that we weren't expected to go out, pass out Bible tracts, try to win people to the faith. Like I just would not have been about that even then. Um, and I did appreciate that. I was like, okay, so I can, if I can just go out and like help kind of the inner city folks, I'm doing my job, you know, because again, it's all about like, you know, yeah. earning your points and doing Man, your job. But I did appreciate just the concepts. Yeah, I get to heaven, yeah. right. I get my, my rewards in heaven. So I, I really appreciate that. And the other thing for me, a little bit more personally is kind of like Tim was saying, like this became my whole community, my world, my my friends, my people. And I felt like, like I, I learned, uh, there was one year that I was, I was in charge of like putting the large groups together. I don't remember what that was called. Um, I want to say like rally chair, but <laughs> that's not what it was. But it felt like the rally chair in high school. Um, and I was doing that with um, James, if you all remember James. Yeah. And I just remember the staff sitting me down at one point and being like, you two are like, a." you are your attention whores you want all of the attention you always want to be up front you oh and i and it was the first time that someone kind of just put a mirror up to me and like said try you know you're taking all of the space with you know your personality and it it was kind of shaming but it also made me a better person i think that now when i go into rooms i'm very aware of who i am and you know i have different words for my presence now but it helped me not to like just take up all the air in a room, um, and and I do credit InterVarsity for helping me just kind of develop my character, I guess, in some ways. Yeah, you mentioned it wasn't perfect, but I do think a lot of it was ahead of its time, um, even in the in the in the regular world. Um, sure. With the conversations we were having about uh, race and social justice, yeah. um, yep, were 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 things that I actually built upon when I went into my own. Uh, grad school later on and mm-hmm. um so yeah yeah 100 percent. and uh yeah and then the t- attention thing was they always talked about that to us in the worship team you know don't don't make yourself into these you know rock star type people and so you had to be very aware because <laughs> <of, clears throat> yeah 
it's it's yeah. funny because we all wanted to, to do these things and i remember someone someone on leadership when, when i was a sophomore pulled me aside and was like yeah the things you're playing on guitar are a little bit um much so can you <laughs> not play so many notes and like, <laughs> it's distracting from the worship like, oh okay okay yeah <laughs> Yeah. That's actually one of the things that I, I wanted to bring up, actually. I don't know if this is a good time to talk about worship team, but sure. I, yeah. uh, so I remember when, uh, I don't know what year it was, that you and Lisa put together like a tape of songs that you wrote. And okay. one of your songs said something about that you didn't strum, you, know, you didn't strum that the way that, that they wanted you to strum your oh, guitar. Yeah. And uh, I that completely ruined Christian music for me. I, <laughs> I never was able to go to another church again without noticing how lame all of the music was and how it all sounded exactly the same, and they all strummed the same. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, that, like just that one line in that song, and I, I still remember that. Wow. And, and and I remember too that that you know we we did you know things i'm spearheaded by you i'm sure of like bringing in pieces of u2 songs and sweet home alabama and you know oh, different no. things you know so it's like i don't know it wasn't boring like a lot of this the the songs that i you know had were here i was hearing in church and things but yeah. i think uh just in general i think my my experience is probably the opposite of kevin's where I'm, I'm like a pretty painful introvert. <laughs> and so like, you know, whereas Kevin, you felt like you had to like sort of tone it down. I was yeah. like, you know, deeply uncomfortable, you know, being in front of people. And so I think that it helped me get better at that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't know that I was really ever totally comfortable with it. But, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I can I can still get up in front of people and and speak and things now that I don't know that I would have been able to do that <laughs> so easily mm -hmm. without having yeah. done that every week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And I don't think there's anything unique about InterVarsity that it helped us develop those ways. I mean, this might have happened on the debate club had we joined the debate club, <laughs> but it was InterVarsity was the venue for us to develop as a young adult into the, you know, and we had People who I think genuinely cared about us enough to say, "Hey, you're you can do this better if you wanted to," or you could just to reflect who we who we were. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, I was more like Janelle. Yeah, I liked playing guitar, but I didn't really want to lead anything. And I remember um, I had a meeting with like Mark Kelly, uh, our beloved one of our beloved staff people, and uh, he was just encouraging me to like practice like speaking in front of people and. Because <laughs> I was pretty shy, like like Janelle. So, yeah. So there's a lot of good things. I um, could have coached you both. You should, <laughs> and if if I wasn't so shy, I would have asked you to, to coach. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Through all the good and bad times, it's hard to overstate just how all-encompassing. Being in a Christian ministry is on a college campus, a regular college campus. We were, of course, encouraged to give our best to our studies, as that's what brought us to the school in the first place. But there was also a pressure to make a difference for God. In addition to being at the school for our education, almost equally important was our task to minister to our fellow believers and spread the good news to the campus. 
so we had weekly large group meetings with worship and and some kind of speaker so chapel just like at 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 an evangelical school and that's where i cut my teeth as a worship leader yeah i'm flexing right now i was a worship leader no big deal we had weekly bible studies and they were all led by students We had leadership meetings of the various branches of leadership in the group. And we did outreach and evangelism through events on campus and through services to the community. And yes, we had a community, a great community, a very close-knit community. And a lot of what we learned through all this was directly applicable to our lives and careers. But the indoctrination of purity culture and the mental gymnastics necessary to be Christians at a science-heavy academic institution like UC San Diego was really stressful. We were supposed to put down our sexual selves, be good Christians, and devote our bodies and minds to serving Jesus. Oh, and also get your degree and go out into the world as a power player in society for Christ. Sure. No problem. And then there were people like Tim and Kevin, who also went through all of that shit. But they went through it with a secret. So, yeah. So, th- there, there are plenty of good things. The community and, and there's the opportunities to do things um, and to plan events and to work with people to in, in a diverse group of people. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that really was flew under the radar at InterVarsity that was kind of like the the 400 pound gorilla in the room was sexuality. It was everything was always like kind of like don't ask, don't tell, like at least publicly. I think there were a lot of conversations happening privately. Um, uh, now, Tim and and Kevin, did you come to college um, knowing you weren't straight that you were? Or was it something you just figured out in college? Go ahead, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I take up too much. Room. <clears throat> I, so the, the feelings were there, definitely, but they were suppressed to the fullest, you know. And I was under the impression that this was something that was not of God, um, that I was going to eventually be healed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that remained a constant battle for me throughout my remaining years at UCSD and then uh, for years after um, college. But I knew, but at the same time, I knew from a stand, I knew from a standpoint that this was more of a struggle and not necessarily my full identity. And so it was something that, you know, like others, it was a sin. <laughs> yeah. And I knew that was there and I think um, I felt alone in that I was hidden you know, with that. And I remember one night um, there was a conversation where a member um, got up and presented their story about struggling. And it was the first time I heard someone vocally um, present that. And I thought, oh, wow, I'm not alone. Because <laughs> I thought I was, the alone person dealing with this, yeah, you know, yeah, especially yeah. in a Christian group uh, like university. So I dared not open my mouth about it. So at that point, I thought, okay, 
well, this is a person that's struggling, but um, when it was presented, it's the person was basically um, sharing that it was more of a struggle for them as well, too, and they were finding ways to overcome that. So that overcoming kind of remained for with me. And I, you know, one of the things with university, as I mentioned, was um, it introduced me to two denominations that I was I never heard of prior to UCSD, um, the Vineyard Movement and the Calvary Chapel Movement. And so I started attending churches um, on weekends at those congregations. And when I graduated from UCSD, um, the feelings were still there. And I kind of remember the back of my mind, this person that was sharing her story. And I ended up <clears throat> sharing with uh, a pastor and they said, you know what, you need to go through this program. Um, because this is not of God. <laughs> so, you know, thanks InterVarsity for introducing that whole, you know, thing for me in terms of <laughs> you need to be changed. Um, so, you know, that was a path that eventually um, I started taking in that um, I needed to be healed from this. And so that was, yeah, to answer your question, it was something that I was really struggling with throughout the time. And I remember one evening, there was a night where all the Christian groups came together for this one big night. They called the Enterprise, I believe it was called. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, we were doing skits. And I'm, you know, me being a dancer, um, I was um, asked in the skit to uh, play God, and, you know. And I said, "Well, sure, I can get up there and do some pirouettes and turns and things as such." But I felt so guilty <laughs> doing this because mm -hmm. how am I playing God, and yet this is something that I'm struggling with deep down inside so mm. it was tough it was really tough for me yeah. i think in that wow. sense yeah Whew. tim thank you for sharing all of that sure i really appreciate it uh i mean i have so much this is like a whole two-hour podcast but i'll keep it very brief um <laughs> No, I, I don't think I would have ever identified as not straight in college. I just knew that when I snuck to the video store and rented porn, it had to have men in it. <laughs> um, and that once I got married to a woman and was able to have sex, this would all be healed. That was kind of my, I, I actually thought, I was like, you know, most guys are probably attracted to other guys um at some point you know i just i kind of felt like it was normal because it was my experience and then my brother came out um to me in my freshman year and i kind of was like oh no yeah. but you you know don't you want to follow god and don't you want to be loved by god and know this is wrong and you know i just told him all the things that i had been told yeah. and as i watched his life and it was so different than mine i remember thinking Okay, I know I'm attracted to guys, but that if my brother is gay, I'm not gay. So I'm just waiting to get married, and then I'll be fine. Um, and that was just affirmed that idea that gay was wrong, uh, same-sex attraction was wrong. Um, if you any anything sexual was a struggle, right? right. There was nothing right. beautiful or natural. It was all a struggle. Mm -hmm. um, so right now. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it just, I look back in those days, especially the earlier days of my time, and if I ever said anything to either of you that was homophobic and shitty, I'm so sorry, because I cringe when I think of the conversations I had. Um, 
Now later on, Jerry and I did like when we first, when we were dating, we did like a, a word study on homosexuality. That was like our Christian thing to do, and came to the conclusion <laughs> secretly that yeah, the Bible is not. This is not conclusive by a long shot, and so who are we to to, to judge? You know, people who are gay. So, we, and then we went to San Francisco for grad school after that, and that just completely <laughs> pushed us off the cliff. And um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but those early years, I I just I cringe when I think about some of the conversations I had. You know, in, in good faith, you know, and in, in you know Christian love, but God damn, yeah. that, that was yeah. some yeah some. And then some of the talks at, at you know the university meetings. Um, about sexuality were so purity culture informed and shamey and uh, not just for for being gay but for for any kind of sexuality right Um, yeah that's what i was gonna that's what i was thinking when you were talking kevin is that uh you know sort of sex you know sexual talk of any sort of straight sex you know or gay sex Mm -hmm. was not really a comfortable topic no 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 it was definitely something to be ashamed of right yeah i remember so remember, who, who, did you all go to CBS at some point? Yeah. yeah. Right. So our big week long camp. Did you ever go, Tim? I did. Yeah. Okay. So our big week long camp on Catalina Island, um, like the end of one of the weeks, I like built up all this courage just to tell one of our friends and colleagues at the time, or I guess friends, not colleagues, our friends, um, <laughs> that I struggled sexually, like that I watched porn and wanted to masturbate all the time. And I just remember feeling like so guilty yeah. about it. And that, and that when I can, you know, told him, he's like, oh yeah, me too. And we like practically cried and held each other. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh my God, looking back now, I just think we were having a very natural like 20 year old experience and we both felt so much shame about it yeah. mm-hmm. it makes me angry um and sad all at the same time yeah when, when jerry and i went to um urbana um she was on the she was she was running the shuttle with one of our fellow intervarsity i don't know are we comrades uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> attenders i don't know um and this woman at who who you all know i'll, I'll tell you the name later but um <laughs> Conf- did the same thing to Jerry, kind of confided in to Jerry, like I, I, I struggle with, with masturbation. And Jerry was like a brand new Christian, so she didn't understand all the guilt in it. She was like, "Well, what's, what's wrong with masturbating? Like, what? Oh, am I supposed?" To? And, we, and so when she she caught up with me later that day, she was like, "Are we not supposed to masturbate?" Like, or something. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh yeah, Jerry, 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 you you didn't grow up with all the guilt and shame that we all did. Like, yes, you're supposed to be, but." I, I'm I'm guessing it's not not for real. Like it doesn't seem like an unnatural mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So so in in so we have this in common. The guilt and shame part is in common. The reason I wanted you all to come on was first of all I wanted to, to hang out with you guys. But to compare and contrast the stories on chapel probation from people who've gone to Christian colleges mm-hmm. and who have deconstructed for the most part. A lot of them are still Christian, but not anything near like a conservative evangelical um so in this sense we we got a lot of the same indoctrination of the guilt and shame of purity culture um we, we got uh, a real education that i can't say that the evangelical students hmm. uh, got like <laughs> janelle could not do, do what you do if you went to like 
AP or Biola. <laughs> they don't teach science in engineering or anything <laughs> remotely like that. So, um, have so have you heard um, an an episode or two? And and I just want to get your response, com sort of comparing your uh, thoughts and experiences with something you you might have heard. No, I, I I can just share briefly. I was listening to the two gentlemen from Moody Bible Institute. Oh, yeah. And and um, it was just it was very interesting because it almost sounded like they had such a similar experience to to what I had in terms of the the connection that they had to like like the small group and large group and all the experiences we had in varsity. We basically yeah. created a Christian college on yes. a secular university. Yes. And it wasn't until hearing them that I thought, wow, this whole time I thought, oh, I, you know, uh, had a very different experience than a Christian college. And I'm super judgy of, uh, of people who send their kids to Christian college. Yeah. I'm like, I basically went to one. <laughs> um, and I wonder sometimes if it was worse because we had a whole, you know, it was like a little bit of a us versus them um, where we were surrounded by people who weren't Christian and, and you know, Cliff Connectly was there oh. to, you know, convert everybody in the quad, and we were supposed to join him and bring yeah. people, and just all of it was like, it almost was, um, yeah, in some ways, kind of worse in our indoctrination, uh, or at least what they were trying to indoctrinate us to. Yeah, because yeah, it was more, it was kind of more um, serious for us because because we knew, we were aware we we're in this big secular beast. Um, yeah, it, it 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 had to be a choice every day that I'm going to be a Christian today and in this very yes. not Christian environment. Um, yeah, yeah. And Tim, it wasn't you, but I think there was another African American student that also was involved in the Black Student Union. I remember having conversations with um, him and saying, you know, that's your mission field, man. Like. You know, you're in university to like get equipped, and then you should go to the Black Student yeah. Union and tell them all about Jesus. It's like like everywhere we went outside of university, yeah. we had a job to yeah. do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, definitely. And you know, it's funny because I think at the time, I think that person came on board after I was there, maybe or maybe a little bit like when I decided to migrate to the other organization <laughs> over. But I remember for the longest, I was. The only black male, the only black person yeah. in university. I was going to say, I don't remember another black man. Remember, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. And I think what prompted me when I went to Morehouse and when I returned, I said, you know what? I kind of wanted to bring that back to, you know, a Christian setting as well, too. Um, so I think that what you're saying, Kevin, was very similar in that, you know, yeah. this is my battleground. I want to bring it back. This is my playing field now. Get more people like me to inner varsity or campus crusade mm. as such. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So it's, it's kind of amazing that we're here. Uh, I think we all left around 93 ish. Oh, Tim was a little later. 94, 95. Um, a long time ago. Um, but we've all sort of deconstructed and got and gone our, individual paths um so when i hear the stories that my former students tell me or people on the podcast tell me i do find myself relating to a lot of things that i had to overcome to be the person that i am today um so we can start we can start um criticizing now we said all the nice things 
<laughs> and we and we kind of opened it up with the sexuality part. Um, but one thing I remember, the, the uh, at CBS, they used to do this thing called the manuscript study, which, within a couple of years, I thought was the dumbest fucking thing I had ever heard because <laughs> we're 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 like circling pronouns on a manuscript that's in English translated from from two different languages at two different spots. You know, they didn't they didn't have these things in, in the original language. So why are, and I remember like being so jealous of everyone else's pages were like these wonderful <laughs> collages of color and and design. And I would just be like, oh here's a verb and uh, and here's a verb. <laughs> I'm feeling so guilty Scott, that like Scott, oh. quit criticizing quit criticizing my manuscript, okay? No, no, I'm <laughs> saying I was on my jealous. color coding. No, I know, I was jealous because and then I just started coloring shit just so it would look like like everyone else's because like I didn't understand the point of making all these connections in, in the English uh, so it's my my point though is that it really felt like they were trying to be, you know, logos and uh it's 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 our, our brains are so important with to our faith and it's important that this makes sense intellectually and scientifically and historically um, and then really it wasn't <laughs> to me anyway um, so do you guys have any other like moments or, or criticisms of the approach to either faith or, or life from those days I'm not I'm sure looking. if I have one one example of things but I think uh, like in listening to your previous podcasts, I think the the people I sort of identified with were the the ones that were also scientists and had gone through kind of, uh, I think BJ described it as like the mental gymnastics of yeah. trying to, you know, you know, the more the more we learned sort of the the more deconstructed we <laughs> we got. Um, yeah. And uh you know, and I remember listening to Francis Collins and, and you know, other kind of like scientists of faith and, you know, kind of trying to, trying to fit it all in. But uh, yeah, I think that just the whole idea of, you know, how, like, I don't know, I guess how, how it all fit together. Like, you know, like even just evolution, like with, is it like just evolution? Is there, you know, then there are these, you know, there are creationists out there that don't believe it at all. And then there's like the yeah. people that think God led the, you know, God directed the evolution and, you know, all these different things. And I don't know, it was, it was mental gymnastics, <laughs> like, like it yeah, was yeah. described. But we took pride in those gymnastics, right? Like we were, <laughs> it was like a, a Christian flex, like, yes, I have read through this, you know, Bible commentary or, or to, help, to help make sense of this shit that doesn't really make sense. And so, like, I tried so hard, you know, to make it make sense scientifically, historically. And um, I really believed it when we were in InterVarsity. Like, the answers are just there as long as we have the right context. Um, so, yeah, I, I stayed a Christian well into my late 20s, even uh, early 30s. So, um, yeah. Any other memories of, like, aha moments or... Not a hot moment. 
I mean, I haven't thought about the manuscript study at CBS in a long time, but I, uh, I'm sorry, I mean, this, it this it whole thing is, no, this is all like a mental memory trip that I'm having right now. It's kind of fun. Um, but I, I remember, you know, cause the way that they did the manuscript, it was almost like on Tuesday, we'll have this aha moment. And on Wednesday, we'll have another aha. And then third, it's like a climax. It was almost like we, we wanted people to go on an more cause I, you know, I taught it once I went on staff. Uh, so right, I knew yeah. it, it was like an emotional journey that we were taking people on and you expected tears on this day yeah. and you expected like, uh, people to really change on this day and all that stuff. Um, and so I, but what I remember after was like, I felt like no matter when I read the Bible after manuscript study, I could never, I could never experience that magic. And I remember thinking, okay, what am I doing wrong? What, how come yeah, yeah. the Bible isn't coming to life for me like I did on that island for that week with those colored pens? Like, what do I need to do? Um, and, 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 I, and I just think so, there was just so much emotion, there's so much emotional manipulation yeah. um, in the style of Christianity um, that we experience in university that and, and again, I'm not saying it's just university, but that's right. our experience. No, that was my experience. Evangelical Christianity, yeah. Evangelical Christianity, yeah. It is the same when my kids, you know, went off to, uh, you know, I continued in the church and I had children and then they went to like uh, summer Bible camp. And it was like, yeah, you know, I, I went forward, I raised my hand and I remember kind of almost being sad when they told me that, like, what am I doing? Why, why am I continuing this with them, this next generation? Mm. Thankfully, they're progressed. But um, it, it is, it, uh, I think that emotional manipulation, because I'm, I'm a very emotional person and I'm moved by emotions and I feel like the, this brand of Christianity exploits that mm -hmm. um, and makes folks feel things and then says the feeling that you're having is actually a belief system yeah. and it's actually fact and it's so messed up. And it should be the norm. <laughs> you should always be this way. And if you lose yes. it, it's it's some kind of uh, lapse of your faith. Um, yes, you've done something wrong. Yeah, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I, I had another memory and I can't remember. This is great. This is a screen of four fifty somethings, all like just scraping the far recesses of our memories. <laughs> do, we, do we want to talk about politics at all in this? Sure. Because uh, I, I think that that was, I think the politics of the 90s is sort of what really was kind of the, the when I went over the cliff of deconstruction, just because, mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember going to church and I think, at, I mean, I, I ended up going uh, to Vineyard, which is where I kind of like found that I fit in the, the best because I think they were, they were the ones that were the most accepting of people that I felt like we should be accepting of, you know, people that you know, were gay or poor or suffering, you know, with addiction and things like that. Um, but in any case, I remember at some point going, I think it was to Maranatha and they had like actual like uh, flyers that they probably like had in a pile so that they wouldn't get in trouble with the tax people of like voting guides, basically of telling telling people how to vote. And um, yeah, and this is in the '90s when it was like you know George W. Bush and, and Clinton, and um, 
you know, we had Newt Gingrich as a speaker of the house being completely antagonistic and like, you know, yeah. starting this whole, I, the, the split that I, that is still going on today, you know, yeah. you know yeah. just the being more and more divisive and, uh, you know, and I remember getting into an argument at one point about, um, abortion and that, you know, that they, they were basically saying, well, because of abortion, you can't ever vote anything except Republican. And I was like, yeah, but like, what about, you know, taking care of the poor and the widows? And, you know, I, I was bringing up all these other things that, you know, we're supposed to supposedly yeah. call it. Yeah. And, you know, that, that abortion wasn't the only issue. And that, you know, when you, when I looked at everything, you know, that it just wasn't, it didn't match with what I was, what I was feeling politically. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I think that was what, you know, because I, I continued on for a couple of years um, and, you know, just kind of trying to find find a place where I, I fit in um, you know, after moving out of La Jolla. And I just never did. Like, I, I, it seemed like every church that we tried, you know, that we went to, there was like, you know, either like outright bigotry of some sort or, you know, intolerance and just, you know, I don't know. It, it was the people for me. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't the faith. It was the people. Wow. wow. Can I ask each of you to go and and I say how you identify now spiritually um, as we get into this political stuff? Um, hmm. Tim, how how do you identify? Uh, politically or uh, uh, religiously? Uh, yeah, spiritually. Oh, spiritually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think right now, um, more progressive, um, Christine. As of right now, yeah. Um, I've been exploring the UCC um, church because they tend to be the most liberal. Um, they're all about social justice, um, and so I'm not a member of the church at this point, um, but I've been attending services and such. Okay. So, mm -hmm. okay. um, I think out like for. When I'm in a non-religious setting, I will say I'm a person of faith. Mm -hmm. uh, that's about as far as I go. And then, but I do, no, I'm a part of a progressive Christian church um, where I have never felt more at home, where my husband and I were married and I work and I work with the children and the youth and it's a very progressive, anybody can believe anything kind of church. Uh, so it's United Methodist. I don't consider myself a hardcore Methodist, but so I would like Tim. I would say a very kind of progressive Jesus follower. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and Janelle, uh, I think I'm sort of more on the uh, maybe agnostic, atheist side of things. Um, yeah, I haven't I haven't been to church in in years, other than to for funerals and baptisms and weddings. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, again, like we, we never we never found that progressive church where we felt comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so eventually we, we gave up looking. And so, um, yeah, it, it, funny enough, like, you know, years later when uh, our kids were, I don't know, 10 to 15, you know, ish, um, they were sang in a, a children's choir here in uh, North County. And it practiced at the, the Unitarian Church at um in Solana Beach 
And uh, at one point they, they were performing at the church sort of as a thank you for letting them use their space for practice. And like, I remember thinking like, okay, if, if, if I had found this like 15 years ago, when we were actually looking for a church where we felt like mm. we fit in, this is probably where I would have ended up. Yeah. Mm. I, I felt like I, I really, I really liked it. I, I really liked the, you know, just the inclusiveness and, you know, they had pride flags up and, you know, it, but you no, know, I didn't go any farther than thinking that that's where I might've gone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I went, I found that church in, in this church in Pasadena called All Saints. Episcopalian mm-hmm. church, completely affirming and uh, mm-hmm. accepting, and um, yeah, I'm more like you, and I, I think I was just, I was already sick of the people in Christianity, but I, for me, the theology was was a bridge too far, and I was just mm-hmm. tired of the mental gymnastics to try and reconcile what the Bible says and with what Christians believe, and I liked having Sundays where I could just like not go to church <laughs> uh, when you have kids i do yeah. want that yeah oh, yeah it's it's awesome like i'm so yeah. good at making waffles now and, and coffee that was the best part of the pandemic for me yeah <laughs> i could lead sunday school from uh, my dining room table and then have brunch right yeah now. right there you go <laughs> Yeah. I, you know, and I want to I add, uh, I think in many ways, um, the church in general, especially the evangelical church, but also groups like InterVarsity, they kind of turned um, our eyes away from these groups that were out there. I yeah. mean, heaven forbid if you indicated while you were in university that you were attending a UCC or Unitarian church, you yeah. were going to be shamed in many ways, you know. And so I think even from my own experience of being on campus, uh, knowing my struggles, I was afraid to even engage. I mean, walking through the campus, I was afraid to even stop by the LGBT center because I said, okay, no, you know, or even go towards the Shade Cafe. That was, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but I just walked past the Shea Cafe that like two weeks ago. from <laughs> what I was being, you know, what, what was being shared in many ways. Yeah. Um, in, in, during my time there. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's still heartbreaking. There's so much of it that's like a heartbreaking that, you know, you, you know, I'm sorry, I don't mean to get off on a tangent, but I feel like college is this time for us to explore and figure out. And I'm just, I'm sad that this time period in our lives where we're supposed to be able to explore and, and try things on and feel free. We're, we're, we're not living at home. We're, you know, becoming young adults and this version of Christianity kept us, kept so many folks from being able to do that. I mean, I'm currently talking to somebody who was very involved in university, is still in ministry, married, children, and now is like, Kevin, help me. I'm so gay and I don't know what to do. And I'm stuck. And I'm just like, there's so many people like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's very frustrating that there's organizations that are still going on that are keeping people like this is the box that you can live in and if you step outside of that like tim was just saying we will shame you that's not where you're supposed to go yeah what is it you wanted me to reconcile myself to i was born here almost 60 years ago i'm not going to live another 60 years you always told me it takes time it's taken my father's time my mother's time my uncle's time my brothers and my sister's time my nieces and my nephews time. How much time do you want for your progress? I hate you naturally. 
I hate black people. Things are going to get worse before they get better. What is presented to me as an American does not look like me. Because you're not allowed to be a black man in corporate America. You give us a hard time for being white and being American and being in control. And when you live under a situation like that constantly, uh, and then you ask me you know, whether I approve of violence, I mean, that just doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening right now. And you know what? We need a space where we can debrief some of it and deconstruct. If you've been looking for a POC-centered podcast that engages with intersectionality, religion, critical race theory, and some hip-hop culture, then you need to check out Profane Faith. I'll be your host, Daniel Whitehodge, and we go in every other week. So check us out wherever you find your podcasts. Or check us out at whitehodgepodcasts.com to see what other platforms we're on. Cool? Aight. Peace. So I was about to say, one of our guests in the who are, who's on the backstage group has friends from our university days who remain exactly as they were uh, spiritually as, as, as then, now, as then. And he says that they still tell the same jokes, still listen to the same music, speak with the exact same words and you know vibe as they did you know how long's it been 30 years almost 30 years 30 years yeah and so there's like this like stunted growth of self when you stay in these evangelical uh circles in the the culture yeah it's it's and and you just can't get out you you're it's the same like you said it's like this you're saying the same shit that you were saying because even when i was growing as a christian i didn't want to be that person that was still you know reading the same bible verses and quoting the same shit and you know josh mcdowell the wristwatch um um, all the little arguments that we used to to make to make ourselves feel better about our faith um i wanted to be growing and i just grew myself right out of faith together <laughs> um so i do 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 you all have contact with any of the old university folks strangely i think most of the people that i still keep in touch with from university have also deconstructed in some Interesting. way yeah oh good those so, are, but, those but are the ones do. that i that i've tended to you know keep in touch with i mean i i, I think I, i'm on Facebook with a, with a bunch of them and maybe people even that I don't didn't even really know that well, yeah. but the ones that I really still you know keep in touch with like you and Tim and and you know some others some of the ones that are in the chat uh, are you know I think kind of a like mind <laughs> yeah and I, maybe 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 the reason that that you know we are still friends is because we all sort of thought you know think the same but yeah yeah. Yeah, Tim, do you have but, contact with any of the old folks? Yeah, um, through Facebook. Um, there's a few that I still um, in contact with as well, too. Um, but they definitely have a more of a, uh, especially uh, conversations recently in light of the social uprights that were happening and what's been taking place in our country, you know, have been more about social justice and action, you know, <laughs> as yeah, such, and calling things out which completely are not right, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people 
still tend to migrate to that belief system and you're those who um, I'm in contact with, not to the fullness like I am with you all at this point, but um, only the ones who have really taken a stand on, you know, really embracing the whole idea of calling out what's wrong is really wrong is happening in our society, especially in the past two years that have occurred. So, yeah, yeah, that's a dividing line for sure. How about you, Kev? Well, I'm happy to say that my closest friend in college, Tom Brown, is still one of my closest oh. friends. And it's been interesting because I just talked to him like this week. Um, he is a pastor, um, but I, I feel like our our growth towards progressive Christianity was almost parallel. So that's been really nice to have somebody who I went through all of InterVarsity with, went through, you know, and yet we are still tracking in our faith and where we are. And it's just, that's really nice. There's others, I have another friend that I was so close to after InterVarsity, like very, very close. And yet when I came out as gay, it was like, that was the end of our friendship. And we tried, but I, I just feel like he could never wrap his brain around that and, and come to accept it. And like we're all talking about, um, he had a definite, I didn't realize this, but I think he has a definition of what it means to be a, a Christian. And I didn't fit that anymore. And it still breaks my heart because uh, we were very, very close. But like the rest of you, the, the folks that I tend to still chat with, which are not many, are uh, either completely have deconstructed or are extremely progressive now. So. Yeah, me too. I, there was like a reunion a few years ago. And around that time, all these university folks, and I was really happy to see them, started friending me on Facebook. Um, and I think they've all unfriended me uh, <laughs> since then. Or I, I unfriended a couple because I, I looked on their wall and there was all this like tea party shit where, um, you know, and this is this is before the Trump stuff even. Um, but it's kind of like Tim, like for me, the dividing line is like, you know, Black Lives Matter. You know, that that's a non-negotiable thing. If you're against that, I don't think we can be friends. Um, if you're not affirming... Um, of LGBTQIA people. I don't think we can be friends. Um, and it's sad that there's so many people. Uh, did any of you go to that reunion? I So <laughs> I received the invitation and I basically responded. Um, and, I, and I basically sent my email response that it would be great to see everyone. However, I don't think I would feel comfortable or be in, yeah, feel yeah. welcomed. Yeah. And I literally typed that in to my response. I don't think I would be welcomed at this event as much as I would like to see folks from college um, who are yeah. part of this group. Um, I just didn't feel that I would be welcomed. I hear, I hear so you, I didn't man. go. Yeah. We should have our own reunion for all the people who have yes. constructed their apostate yes. reunion. Janelle, did you go? Did you? No. Okay. I don't. I don't remember uh, why. I, I remember it happening. Um, I don't know if I had something already going on, but uh, yeah, I didn't. I also did not go. Yeah. Would you have gone? I don't know. I'm not. I'm. Yeah. I. I, I would. I would go to. I would go to uh, our little reunion for sure. But I think. Yeah. I. I think especially at the time that it was. I. I 
I was probably too cynical. <laughs> Yeah. Because <laughs> I think I think I would have I would have uh I would have also felt like it was all that everybody was just the same and, and I it probably would have made me sad. Yeah. To you know, yeah, to see them still in their mm. bubbles and boxes. Yeah. Um so we you Janelle brought up the politics and um and I hate to put you know sexual identity in, in that, but they're kind of tied. Do you all remember, it was around our old folks, four, fourth or third or fourth year, there were a couple of people in leadership that were struggling um, with homosexuality and came before the chapter and confessed, and um, it was really heavy. And and I think everyone was trying to react, react in love and support that that they could get get through it and not be gay um because i think the the person there was a couple people but the person i'm thinking of was really asking for help from all of us as a, as his community to support him and pray for him and so he wouldn't wouldn't be gay it was it was and, and as far as i know from what i've heard this person is still that way he still believes either he's been healed or is just continuing to struggle for 30 years um, with that. Do you guys remember that meeting? And um, Yeah, I, th I think that might be the one that Tim had, had referenced earlier mm -hmm. also. And I, re I, I remember also, you know, just him feeling like it was something he wanted to like get rid of about himself. Yeah. And, and I don't, I, I, I'm not sure we're talking about the same person. I think we are. Um, and I'm still connected oh, to that yeah. person. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, I think that I don't want to speak for them, but it has been a very long, hard road um, for them. And it, I would say, in the last four or five years, I think they have come to terms <laughs> with their identity and their how God made them, <laughs> if I can just use the, those words. Um, but not without a lot of cost and a lot of bitterness and anger and just regret. Um, and um, yeah, and, and I, re I remember, like I was roommates with this person and our entire senior year was devoted, like every morning we would get up early and pray and read the Bible to try to help him. I mean, it wasn't just to help him, but it started with, hey, help me to, come to terms with this and get over this struggle and I was like I'm with you I'm you know which is so ironic now but um you know I will help you get through this and uh, yeah very I just think I think back to that and I just think wow how could I how could we all be so off the mark um and um I'm sure you know like Tim you said that he was up there saying something, but there were so many people probably sitting in that room feeling the exact same thing. And this was a, this was a moment for them to go like, oh, okay, yeah, this is not a community I could ever come out to, or, oh, I can't come out because it would be wrong. Um, so yeah, that was a life, a lifelong battle for this person. Yeah. It's so heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. This is the person who goes by a different name now. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I'm I'm friends with with him on Facebook, and I actually didn't realize that it was still 
sort of going on. I, I sort of saw the, the name change and thought like, oh, finally, like <laughs> that, that, you know, he had, he had you know, accepted himself, himself. And I think now, I think he would say that Good. yes. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it coincided with the name change, but um, yeah, no, I feel like there's a, a freedom and, and a, Joy is never a word I would use for this person because he has a very mixed personality. But I just I sense a peace that I haven't sensed with him in thirty years. So yeah. that's, that's good to hear. That is good to hear because um, it's those stories that if I'm if I, if I go down some like rabbit hole of memory, like I think of people like that and just how it's it made me so sad that they couldn't come to terms with just who they were. Yeah. Yeah. I remember thinking that even that night that he was speaking that like, I wished it had been a safer place. Yeah. I mean, I wish it was safer you know, for, for yeah. Tim and Kevin too. Yeah. For um, you guys too. I just, and knowing that I was, you know, at the, on the wrong side of it for so long, um, that's a, that's a shame I will take to, to the grave. I just think, uh, you know, I was thinking about how InterVarsity didn't allow me to be honest, right? Like, didn't allow, so you all were talking about mental gymnastics. We could never be honest about, like, huge gaps in reason and logic that we saw in the Bible. We could, Tim and I couldn't be honest about our sexual orientation. Um, there's, you know, um, there were people who were having sex and couldn't be honest about that because they knew they would be shamed. Uh, there's so ooh, many, ooh. like, f four. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you almost well, said you names. Almost said names. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> to be um, a place, you know, that's supposed to be about, like, light. Like, you step into the light and truth and all of that. And it's almost the opposite of that in so many ways. Again, I'm glad we talked about the things that were good. And there were a lot of good. But I think that at the core, that's kind of a rotten core. If you cannot have you can't step into honesty and have honest conversations and honestly look at who you are and who you want to be um that's that's a core issue and not like a peripheral issue i think i would have given up all those good things that i learned to actually discover who i was in that time period when i should have been able to hell yeah 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 i didn't really come to terms with um accepting myself until i was in my early 30s <laughs> This was well after um, my time at UCSD um, because, like I said, um, university introduced me to um, the denomination that I actually remained in post UCSD for quite a while. And it was during that time that the struggle was still there for me, um, but that my pastor suggested that I do something about it at this point. You know, and then I kind of reflected back to what happened that night. Um, in university, in that conversation that was being shared with us all. And I thought, okay, well, I remember someone was doing this. Maybe this would, you know, be my time to go through a program very similar. <laughs> and I ended up doing um, a program for two years straight. <laughs> um, now, now, I will say that perhaps there was a blessing in disguise with me going through that program because had I not gone through that program, I probably would have still been not looking to question the validity of it all. I think the second time I went through it, I started saying, well, you know what? 
but what about this? I started questioning more so. And I think it took me to go through that program to start questioning things that didn't quite make sense to me. And so at that time, I said, no, this is baloney. <laughs> this is who I am. You know, this is who God made me. And so then I was introduced to, um, at that time, um, pro-gay theology is what it was called, progressive theology. Um, and I didn't know that I realized that there were churches that were there that were considered open and affirming um, that I could pursue. There was a group that I joined online, which is no longer a group, um, uh, the GCN group, uh, Gay Christian Network. And so I started, um, <laughs> you know, fellowshipping with people there. And I said, okay, now I found a community that's now both um, faith-based, but at the same time, open and affirming. And so that was where I found myself later in life. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. glad. And then that group folded because they, got, they fired the founder, which I was find so fascinating how you find you found a group and then you get fired from your own organization <laughs> so it's kind of interesting but yeah wow so i guess we can start wrapping up and then we can we can bring in our um, people in the backstage to say hi um i'm so glad to have this conversation because i think about university a lot way more than i would care to admit and I think about those formative years of not just faith, but, you know, everything, identity, uh, gender, sexuality, politics. Um, a lot of a lot of who I am can be credited to and to university. And, and I formed it in opposition to university, which is to Tim's last point. Sometimes you need that foil to to bang up against to, so to define yourself. And that's one of the themes of this podcast. A lot of the kids who are my students and people who went to Christian schools deconstructed their faith because of, of the setting of being in these evangelical spaces and seeing what the Bible actually says and, or doesn't say. And so for us, InterVarsity was, was all that too. It, it was, because I don't know about you, but by my fourth and fifth year, I was already really questioning like Jerry and I the reason we started to do our own Bible studies was because we didn't feel it was safe to actually ask tough questions and have hard conversations about sexuality uh, politics uh, even the role of women um, and we had great women uh, leaders one of our staff people was a very strong uh, leader who who I admired uh, greatly so I guess we can just go around and just say like what do you take from it, the experience? Um, what do you feel like you spend your days pushing back at uh, to, to be who you are today? Okay. Um, that was such a great question, and I don't want to ruin it with like a, a half-thought-out answer. Oh, but yeah. um, I, I'll just say this. like We were talking earlier about what friends that we still have. And you know, Facebook is a lot of where I am. That's where I think of InterVarsity. Um, so I have to admit, there are times when I see people on Facebook that are still living that life. And there's a little part of me, I'm just being honest here, that I'm like, ooh, like, have I missed the mark? You know, it's a little bit of the shame comes back in like, oh, they're still doing it. And I've stopped a long time ago. And 
um, there's a little bit of maybe a, just a tinge of questioning of am I doing the right thing and then I'm thankful for the three of you and others that I can also look at and go oh wait no I'm in I'm in good company <laughs> I'm with bad, people bad who are living their true lives who are pushing back against this evangelical monster um, who have yeah I'm just I'm thankful for the three of you and for others um, because I can now look back at InterVarsity and I just kind of pick and choose what I remember. And, and like, oh yeah, I loved this and I loved this and I loved this and I try to leave the rest behind. So, and you all help me do that. Aww. Yeah, I mean, just reflective of Kevin's uh, response, I too, you know, as I said earlier, I'm just so thankful that I am still connected with you three. Um, and um, none of my, good friend up here um who was in university um who um we were roommates we ended up being roommates my last year at ucsd and we are still close connected you know he's always been a loving person always been open and you know i can go to him for anything and it's just been really great um that we have that bond continuously um even though we were in university together and um you know his faith is still uh, strong in that sense, um, but he's at the same time, you know, he embraced me. He shows. I think he definitely walks the talk, <laughs> as they say. You know, um, I don't think they say that anymore, uh, Tim. I think But yeah, no, I think he definitely uh, embodies. You know, uh, in terms of what my definition of a Christian has always been growing up, I think. I see it reflected more so with him and, and you all, you know, just, you know, really beginning to understand that people who are accepting and inviting of others um, and just being a good person and treating people as such is so important and not putting people in a box and saying, well, you can't, if you don't fit this uh, particular definition, then you need to, we can't be in each other's lives. Yeah. And I lost yeah. friends over this, yeah. you know, I actually, lost the person when I came out. Um, like you, Kevin, I lost someone who I thought was very dear to me. And when I came out to this person, um, I invited them to go to the church that I was attending. They were like, I can't do that, you know? <laughs> and I said, no, you know, <laughs> it happens, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, I am so thankful um, that my time in university definitely introduced me uh, two folks who are still in my life at the same time. And I have to remember that those were the people who were meant to be in my life in the get-go. So Yeah, that's also a theme of the podcast. Is mm -hmm. They went through some shit, but they formed really important relationships. Yeah, yeah I think, uh, like I talked about before, I think probably what the, the most important thing I took away from it was you know, learning some leadership skills and uh, public speaking skills and things like that. And I think, and, you know, and also, you know, meeting people and, and having, uh, finding friends that, that I'm still friends with 30 years later. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I post on Facebook probably like eight times a year, six, six of them are at pride. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if like the, the friends that, that, you know, all the other, uh, university folks, they might've unfriended me by now. I have no idea, but, um, you know, I do 
yeah, that's sort of the the place like you, Scott. I think that that I I think of university because there are you know kind of people scattered uh, in there that that that's where I met them. But um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I, I think <laughs> like you, Kevin. I don't know that I really have a fully fleshed out answer here, but I think that going through college and you know being an engineering major and doing you know, the mental gymnastics along with like sort of the political climate of the, the early nineties. Uh, I think it was, it was maybe good to, to be in a group like university along with other things, just to sort of like, I don't know, kind of balance out or, or like give another perspective of things. Um, you know, even if it was a perspective that, you know, I, I decided later on, I, I didn't really follow, but uh, or, you know, accept fully. Um, but I think, uh, you know, it, it, it makes for some good conversations with, with people that, that I was able to be honest with about things, you know, like, like the discussion about abortion and, you know, how that's not the only issue that, you know, we need to think about and, and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. I'll say this. <laughs> The the Christian the evangelical Christianity that we experienced at university at UC San Diego in the early nineties was much kinder <laughs> than it is today and more. You know, I don't remember ever debating about evolution. It was always like accepted that that could be possible with within the within the Bible, part of the mental gymnastics. Um, it's just those sort of deal breaker issues that of of sexuality and identity. Um, purity culture that were just such such hard things to overcome that I think that's the experience that all evangelicals have to figure out what to do with. So um, thank you so much, you guys, for coming on to Chapel Probation and hanging with me. I know it's late for Kevin. What are you doing, are you in, doing New York? in New York? Uh, I, I'm on the East Coast for a conference, uh, Substance Misuse Prevention. <laughs> so, oh, hey, oh, hey. Yeah, that's on here. Cool. But no, this was this was great. I mean, I really I feel like uh, I'm going to have wild dreams tonight <laughs> because I have locked away so many of these hor horrible memories, and they're all going to come out in my dreams. So thank you all for giving me the nightmare I will have tonight. Is <laughs> weed legal? Be highlighters and and pens. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be colorful. <laughs> Everything I experienced and learned through InterVarsity Christian Fellowship equipped me to connect to my students at APU for 15 years. It's complicated, but basically no matter the state of my faith, from barely hanging on by a thread at the beginning of my time at APU to being all but non-existent five or six years later, I knew I had experienced a Christian faith that was just as deep, if not deeper than theirs, those that of my students. I had been a loud and proud Christian at a secular university. I had talked about my faith with non-Christian friends and even some professors. I had led evangelical events on campus. I was living my faith in the real world, a whole universe away from the mandatory chapels 
Christian professors who prayed for their students, and rules and regulations put in place to ensure Christian living. I lived it in the real world. And yet it was while I was living this Christian life that I started to deconstruct. Like I said, it's complicated. I, I wouldn't go so far as to say that my faith was better than the people at APU. It was definitely harder to be a Christian at UC San Diego, fighting the good fight with Tim and Janelle and Kevin and hundreds of others who really committed ourselves to living out our Christian faith and spreading the good news in a place that was hostile to what we believed. So yeah, I was there. InterVarsity today is no longer an organization that cares about diversity the way it did in the 90s. As Kevin pointed out, we were kind of on the cutting edge of talking about racial reconciliation, um, de sort of decolonizing our minds. Um, yeah, they pulled away from that beginning in the 2000s from what I've heard. Um, our beloved staff leader at UC San Diego, uh, he went on to be um, a bigwig in InterVarsity. I think he was like a regional director back east. And he was fired for not supporting one Donald J. fucking Trump. Yeah, so that's where IV is these days. There are great people who work for it. I'm friends with a couple people who work for InterVarsity. But goddammit, fuck that. No thank you. But I'm so glad to be friends to this day with Janelle, Kevin, and Tim. Seeing who they are in contrast with how we all were back in college is inspiring to me. As they live their lives of abundance and love. So I'm so glad they came on to Chapel Probation to share some of their story uh, with me and with, with you. It's an interesting contrast, the experience that we went through at UC San Diego with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship and all the other stories. The common thing between all of these stories, though, continues to be that living as an evangelical Christian was detrimental to our humanity. It was detrimental to our growth as human beings, as sexual beings, as political beings, as intellectual beings. So as we head into the home stretch of this second season of Chapel Probation, um, I, I really hope that we leave you with this. Our attempts to live the lives that we feel, feel led to live are not sinful. They're, they're not wrong. <laughs> they're just life. And the way that we live to connect with the world and to connect with each other um, is a beautiful thing. If it's based in love and mutual respect. 
So we'll see you next week for another episode of Chapel Probation, and be sure to check out the After Hours episodes, which will be dropping throughout the weeks, along with the regular episodes. This episode was brought to you by Colored Pencils and Pens, for which you can mark the shit out of a manuscript of the Bible to make nonsensical points about the grammar of English in a text that was written in Greek and Aramaic and Hebrew. It doesn't